Hello, my name's Charlotte Drake. I'm a professional support lawyer working alongside and supporting Stevenson Harwood's lawyers and their clients in the firm's finance group. I'm joined today by Paul Hayward-Surrey and James Linforth, both partners in Stevenson Harwood's real estate finance group. We're going to be talking today about the LMA's green and sustainability linked lending principles and their application in the UK real estate market. Paul, there's been quite a lot of commentary in the press about the LMA's green and sustainability linked lending principles. And as Savills recently put it in its 32nd annual financing property presentation, a lending industry shifting towards rewarding a green premium when financing ESG led real estate projects. In that context, Paul, what is a green loan and who can borrow a green loan? Uh, Thanks, Charlotte. As you've mentioned, the LMA has defined a green loan as any type of loan instrument made available exclusively to finance or indeed refinance in whole or in part either a new or an existing green project. Alongside that definition, uh, though, to be classified as a green loan, the loan must also align with four core components of the LMA's green loan principles. The first core component, and probably the one that's the most obvious, is the use of the proceeds of the loan. The proceeds of the loan must be used for green projects to qualify as a green loan, although that does extend to related supporting expenditure like research and development. All green projects should provide clear environmental benefits, which will be assessed and, where feasible, quantified, measured and reported on by the borrower. The green loan principles recognise several broad categories of eligibility for green projects, but in the context of the real estate market, these could include, for example, renewable energy, be that the production or transmission, energy efficiency, such as you know the building of green buildings or the refurbishment of existing buildings, or indeed a special category of green buildings which meets regional, national or internationally recognised standards or certifications. The second core component is what's called process for project evaluation and selection. By this, uh, what the LMA means is that the borrower should clearly communicate why the project is eligible and the green standards or certifications to which they're seeking to conform. So uh, typical measures in the real estate market would include BREAM ratings and minimum energy efficiency standards. The third core component is management of the loan proceeds. Um, Typically, what you would expect to see is the green loan, or if there's just one tranche of a loan which is green, that would be credited to a dedicated account in order to maintain transparency and promote the integrity of the green project. And finally, the fourth core component is the reporting that goes alongside all of this. It's very important that borrowers should maintain and keep readily available up-to-date information on the use of the green loan proceeds and provide regular reports to the lenders on the use and performance indicators that have been set alongside it. It's also worth considering that alongside the borrower reporting, parties should consider uh, the level of external review that they put alongside this. Um, It's often recommended that you have external consultants or auditors and actually look to get industry standard certification alongside uh, the green projects themselves. And in terms of who can actually borrow a green loan, provided the loan aligns with the four key components that I've just mentioned, and of course, subject to usual credit assessments and regulations that might be enforced at the time, any entity can really borrow a green loan. Thanks, Paul. That's great. James, what's a sustainability-linked loan and how does that differ from the green loans that Paul has just described? 
Thanks, Charlotte. The LMA has defined sustainability linked lanes as any type of lane instruments and or contingent facilities which incentivize the borrower's achievement of ambitious, predetermined sustainability performance objectives. The borrower's sustainability performance is measured using sustainability performance targets as set against key performance indicators, external ratings and or equivalent metrics and which measure improvements in the borrower's sustainability profile. As Paul mentioned, the fundamental determinant of a green lane is the utilisation of the loan proceeds for green projects, along with other core criteria for assessing whether it is a green project. Under sustainability-linked loans, the focus is different. Use of proceeds is not a key determinant in the categorisation of an SLL, sustainability-linked loan. The focus of SLLs is on incentivising the borrower's efforts to improve its sustainability profile by aligning loan terms to the borrower's performance against mutually agreed, material and ambitious, predetermined sustainability performance targets. To help borrowers understand the characteristics of sustainability-linked loans, a framework has been created, again, around four core components. The first core component of the framework is the relationship to the borrower's overall sustainability strategy. So the borrower of a sustainability-linked loan should clearly communicate to its lenders its sustainability objectives as set out in its sustainability strategy and how these align with its proposed sustainability performance targets. Borrowers are encouraged to set out this information within the context of their overarching objectives, strategy, policy and or processes relating to sustainability. Borrowers are also encouraged to disclose any sustainability standards or certifications to which they are seeking to conform. The second core component of the LMA's SLL framework is target setting, in other words, measuring the sustainability of the borrower. Appropriate sustainability performance targets should be negotiated and set out between the borrower and the lender group for each transaction. Targets should be ambitious and meaningful to the borrower's business and apply over the life of the loan and should be tied to a sustainability improvement in relation to a predetermined performance target benchmark. The third core component for sustainability-linked loans is reporting. As with green loans, borrowers should, where possible, make and keep readily available up-to-date information relating to their targets, with such information to be provided to those institutions participating in the loan at least once a year. And finally, the fourth core component for sustainability-linked loans uh, framework is the need for a review. The need for external review is to be negotiated and agreed between the borrower and lenders on a transaction by transaction basis. But for loans where information relating to targets is not made publicly available or otherwise accompanied by an audit or assurance statement, it's strongly recommended that a borrower should seek external review of its performance against its targets at least once a year. In the context of UK real estate, by way of example, it's worth looking at Helical Bar's sustainability strategy, which they have called Built for the Future, and which they've published on their website. The Helical strategy sets out their long-term vision for their environment, the communities they operate in, and their people. Helical have identified a series of key priorities which drive their long-term vision for sustainability. They are an aim to transition to a low-carbon business, in other words, all new developments to be net zero carbon by 2025 and to reduce operational carbon in the existing portfolio by 25% by 2025. Secondly, to buy, use and reuse resources efficiently. 
The third key priority for them is to bring social, economic and environmental benefits to the areas in which they operate. Fourthly, they aim to design and operate their buildings to support health and well-being. Fifthly, their aim and priority is to attract and retain the best people. And lastly, they aim to maintain strong relationships with business partners. So those priorities are uh, to be integrated across their business supply chains and key stakeholders. This is all overseen by Helical's Sustainability Committee, which they've set up and meets on a quarterly basis and reports to the executive committee. A sustainability report is also published on Helical's website, so all can see how they're performing. Now, Helical is obviously a listed business, so monitoring is key as that enables them to report in line with investor disclosure requirements. Notably, CDP, which is a non-profit organization overseeing one of the largest internationally recognized climate and sustainability reporting frameworks, but also GRESB, which is another ESG benchmark for real estate assets, and then FTSE for Good, which operates the uh, sustainability index. It's worth taking a look at the sustainability strategy on their website to see the detailed targets that Helical has set in each of those categories, which is at www.helical.co.uk. It's increasingly likely, though, that privately owned businesses, not just listed ones, will want to demonstrate their progress in sustainability to their lenders, as this becomes a mainstream part of running a successful business, and as lenders need to implement their own sustainability strategy. Thanks, James. That leads us on nicely to my next question. Paul, hearing about the various hoops a borrower has to jump through to qualify for a green or sustainability-linked loan, why would a borrower want a green loan or a sustainability-linked loan? Um, Thanks, Charlotte. I think there are a few key business-related reasons why a borrower would want to take out a green loan or a uh, sustainability-linked loan, ignoring the fact that, of course, that climate change and environmental responsibility is the right thing to do in any case. I think firstly, as Savills have alluded to in their recent financing of property presentation, I think the first thing to look at is the ability to get better loan terms. That's obviously a key reason. Uh, Historically, the lending industry in the real estate finance market has been imposing stricter borrowing terms on projects which display few green benefits. But I think what we're seeing now is that the emphasis is changing and lenders are now demonstrating an embedding of the Loan Market Association's green and sustainability-linked lending principles in their lending policies. And some are even taking it further still and looking to develop specific green products, enabling them to directly offer better financing options to borrowers whose assets meet uh, the required standards. I actually think it's also going further. So for those borrowers in the REF market who do not adhere to green standards, I think we'll start to see them facing difficulties actually accessing finance and the options available to them will become limited and the pricing of those loans, the ones they can access, will be significantly higher. Secondly, you know, just touching on uh, Helical for one moment, it's obviously a, a listed business. Uh, another reason that uh, businesses might want to, to go down this path is to make their businesses attractive to investors. The task force on climate-related financial disclosures have set out a series of recommendations to help businesses disclose climate-related financial information with the aim to help investors know which companies are preparing themselves well uh, for this uh, challenge that we're all faced with. A green loan or a uh, sustainability-linked loan may be seen by investors as an indicator uh, that the borrower is is taking the right steps and taking climate change-related issues seriously. 
Thirdly, reputational factors may also come to play. So the fact that you're able to demonstrate the right behaviours in relation to climate change issues, I think will only play well. And in fact, the counter could be said for businesses who do not make those steps. Finally, I think as we all know, climate change discussions are not going to go away. So in the context of the real estate finance market, for example, uh, we're seeing minimum energy efficiency standards being tightened. In June 2019, the UK became the first major economy to legislate to bring all greenhouse gas emissions to net zero carbon by 2050. And to help achieve that, the government is currently in consultation on its preferred target that would see uh, landlords of all non-domestic privately rented properties in England and Wales ensure that their properties achieve a minimum energy efficiency standard, or as we like to call it, the energy performance certificate of band B by 2030. That is, of course, with the caveat that you know, the action that's required to get a building to band B is deemed cost effective, by which I mean the payback period for the cost of the works involved is seven years or less. As part of this, I think we're going to see net zero carbon new builds becoming the norm. And attention will also uh, focus on decarbonizing existing building stock. Uh, in the context of the real estate finance market, financing support will be required to achieve these goals if we're to achieve band B by 2030 and latest government estimates to achieve that as that will cost around about five billion pounds. Thanks Paul. James with the incentive of better rates if a borrower can qualify for a green loan or a sustainability linked loan what are the risks of so-called green washing or sustainability washing? Yes, sustainability washing or greenwashing are terms that have often been used to describe situations where claims on sustainable and or green credentials are misleading, inaccurate or inflated. In the context of green loans, the green loan principles are drafted to give a clear framework of the processes to be followed in order to maintain the integrity of green loans. By closely adhering to all the core components with a view to being as open and transparent as possible, the market can take steps to avoid any allegations of greenwashing. Borrowers of green loans should set out whether the use of proceeds will still be considered green for the duration of the loan and not just at the outset of the loan. Then during the life of the loan, should an eligible project become subject to a major ESG controversy or no longer be categorised as green because, for example, new information or a change in circumstances like updated technology has occurred, the parties can and probably should agree to exclude that project from being categorised as green from that point onwards. However, the application of use of proceeds is a key determinant of a green lane, and any breach of the use of the proceeds provision should be taken seriously. By contrast, in the context of sustainability-linked loans, sustainability washing can occur in two ways. Either, firstly, through targets that are not sufficiently ambitious or meaningful, or through inaccurate monitoring, measuring and disclosing of borrower performance against those targets. On the first, i.e. that targets aren't sufficiently ambitious or meaningful, the sustainability link loan principles published by the LMA set out guidelines to ensure that targets are ambitious and meaningful to the borrower's business and tied to a sustainability improvement in relation to a predetermined performance benchmark on a predefined timeline. In other words, all very nailed down and those should apply over the life of the loan. To ensure the integrity of this, borrowers and lenders should be encouraged to seek an external review 
as to the appropriateness of the targets and the methodology applied for such targets as a condition precedent to the lane. On the second issue, i.e. inaccurate monitoring, measuring and disclosing, the market can take steps to avoid sustainability washing by ensuring close adherence to the core components relative to reporting made publicly available where appropriate and obtaining an external review at the outset of the facility with a view to being as open and transparent as possible. To assist with this further, the European Parliament has adopted new legislation on sustainable investments, which we would expect the UK to mirror or follow too, notwithstanding Brexit. That legislation lays down six environmental objectives and allows economic activity to be labelled as environmentally sustainable if it contributes to at least one of the following without significantly harming any of the others. Those objectives are, firstly, climate change mitigation, Secondly, climate change adaptation. Thirdly, sustainable use and protection of water and marine resources. Fourthly, transition to a circular economy, including waste prevention and increasing the uptake of secondary raw materials. Fifthly, pollution prevention and control. And sixthly, protection and restoration of biodiversity and ecosystems. If that legislation is adopted or followed in the UK, all financial products that claim to be sustainable will have to prove it by following strict and ambitious criteria. One thing is certain in all of this. It's vital that all market participants should always seek to preserve the integrity of the green loans and sustainability-linked loan products, as any accusation of green or sustainability washing will undermine those products and may cause serious reputational risk for the institutions involved. Thank you very much, Paul and James. If you'd like to find out more about green loans or sustainability-linked loans, please speak to one of us or your usual Stevenson Harwood contacts. 